Today on Lockdown Red Wings, Detroit's point streak reaches seven games as they usurp Toronto for third in the Atlantic with an overtime win over the Florida Panthers, breaking a 10-game losing streak to the Cats. Long enough for you, Scotty. Let's do this. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I'm a podcast producer over at the Daily J, a WWJ News Radio podcast. Well, Scotty's just over at Locked On Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com and use code LOCKDOWN to get $20 off your order. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Scotty, I mean, hell of a game. Man, um, what a what a what an open. <laughs> We're using words like usurp out here just like for fun on a random, you know, Thursday morning. I mean, heck, man. Did I use that word properly? By the way, yes, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes did. I just use words. No, no, you you crushed it, man. That is uh, that is correct. I, I that was the reason I smiled more over your use of, of that word more than I did anything else, man. Golly, yeah, what an electric hockey game! What an absolutely electric hockey game! Great, uh, both teams I thought looked really good, which made for and then both goalies looked really good, so you had constant, um. Even though the shot totals by the end of the night might not have been like the highest, you know, shot on net total you've ever seen um, in, in a game, but like uh, just good defense by by Florida, good enough defense by Detroit. <laughs> Alex Lyon is is fantastic. Um, some great opportunities. Obviously, the offense starts off slow, but then gets going. And uh, and Alex Lyon, and to the credit of the defense, does enough to uh, to keep them in the game long enough to kind of crawl their way back in, and then. Dylan Larkin does captain things, man. What what an electric factory. Well, and so before we get into the game and we, you know, break down and I guess first and foremost, we'll probably get to Alex Lyon. We got, I've kind of neglected it the last couple of games because we've had so much to break down with back-to-backs over the weekend and whatnot. I got to get your one word reaction. Oh. We haven't done that in like two or three games now because everything's, it's been just kind of uh, a lot happening all at once recently. Yeah. Um, I'm debating between two, and I feel like one of them is like could be a jinx, so I don't want to do that one. Like <laughs> the two I'm debating between are electric because that's genuinely what I thought this game was. That's that's how I'm feeling after the game. But uh, part of me wants to make it wagon just because, like, I mean, the wings. Hey, man, losses since the calendar turned to 2024, and tell me what you find because it's. Uh, They've been playing good puck lately, man. Re- really, really good. They're they're on an absolute heater, and uh, yeah, what six zero in, in one in their last seven, and like you said, they uh, they have are now third in the division. They leapfrog Toronto. Like I, I but again, I don't really want to jinx it, so I am going to go with electric at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to pick a real optimistic term, you know, coming into the game. You know that this is such a this is such a tall order because despite the fact, by the way, this is back to back games uh, where Detroit has taken a team that has lost back to back games and then created 
a bona fide losing streak. Toronto had lost two straight, and then the Wings beat them for a third straight loss, losing streak. Now they've done the same thing to the well, uh, Florida Panthers. Two yeah, teams that the, they're the chasing in the standings. <laughs> and a, what was it, 10-game losing streak to the Panthers? Yeah. And it's the first time they've ever scored three or more going for, excuse me. The first time they've scored more than three goals, three or more goals against Sergei Bobrovsky. Yeah. They've well, never done that before. Yeah. He looked great tonight, by the way, Good. even with the game. He's he had a great season. He is the large ball. A big part of the Panthers' success, and that's part of what made this such a tall order. I mean, this is an oppressive offense with strong defense <clears throat> and great goaltending. Like this is, and we talked about it, not to pat ourselves on the back, but we, we talked about it in the preseason. This Florida Panthers team we thought was going to bounce back and be right back yeah. towards the top of the standings. We thought last year was an outlier because of all the new personnel behind the bench and on the ice just trying to make it work and figure it out. They figured it out at the right time, got hot at the right time, took, went to the Stanley Cup Finals, and they're carrying the momentum into this year. And, you know, I thought overall the Red Wings played a really, really strong game. Uh, this is another game where I thought that they came prepared to play. But to say that, you know, I would say the first period was even 50-50. Yeah. Without sure. a doubt, even 50-50. But as the game went on, I thought Florida tilted the scales at five-on-five, five, getting more opportunities than the Red Wings. But they were bailed out time and time again by this stellar play of Alex Lyon, who has been everything that the Detroit Red Wings have needed and more in this stretch. I mean, this seven-game point streak and back-to-back three-game win streaks now, because it was three-game win streak, snapped by Edmonton, three-game win streak, none of that is possible without the dominating goaltending from Alex Lyon and a revenge game, too. Yeah, revenge game, baby. uh, Love a good revenge game. 32 saves on 34 shots for a 941 save percentage. Let's check that goal saved above expected as well. You know, I love that goal saved above expected. It's a great uh, stat, to be fair. Yeah, and this is via Evolving Hockey. This is how they rate it. But he had a 1.18 goal saved above expected. So according to Evolving Hockey, he made just enough saves to win the Red Wings this hockey game. I mean, it's, it's he's been he's been lights out. There's we, we It's almost like. You don't want to beat the dead horse that is like Alex Lyon's success, but when somebody's playing this well, night in and night out, how are you not going to spend three to four to five minutes? And I mean, Scotty, the guy makes $900,000 a year. I mean, we talk about a goaltender who is, you know, worth his weight in gold. Yeah, and, oh yeah. And he might regress back down to, to the mean, right? Like we talk about it. We talked about it when the wings were hot at the beginning of the season. We talked about it when they were hot the second quarter of the season. And we're talking about it now when they're hot just after the halfway point of the season. You know, eventually the, the hot streak will end. But with Alex Lyon, this is what, game 15? You know, he had played 15 games with the Florida Panthers and was lights out, dragged him to the playoffs. If he can continue past this 15-game mark, at what point do you ask? And I'm going to say it again. I said it after his last start. At what point is this hot or is this him? Because yeah. every consecutive game where he's putting up 30-plus saves, 40-plus saves against Edmonton, you really start to wonder, like, this, he might just be really good and be blossoming, you know, a little bit later in his career. He's, well, I think, 30 years old, maybe 31. Yeah, the goalies are weird. We talked about that with Kosa, what, yeah, just <laughs> yesterday. Yeah, well, it's also opportunity, right? Like, it, this isn't uh, – goalies a weird position where th- there's – like every team always need a, needs a winger, and like if if you're at a certain talent level, you will always find a job somewhere. And like same thing, obviously with like a blue line, like you, you got you got to run six or seven deep there, right? Like goalie's a weird position where you're there's one a, a night, right? Like there's there's one, and like most NHL teams are running, you know, if everything goes well for them, like two throughout the course of the season, then you have some weird teams. 
like the wings that are three, even if every team in the league did three, that's still comfortably the least popular position in the league. So like part of it's opportunity as well. And obviously the last calendar year for Alex Lyon has been stellar in terms of him just taking advantage of the opportunity that's been given to him. And uh, yeah, I don't even, I'm like kind of done. Like until it happens, I'm kind of done just like continuing to be like, oh, but like, you know, at some point he's got to come back down to earth. I don't care. Like I, I, I'm seriously, I'm like, I'm retiring that conversation until it happens. And like, you know, again, that that's not saying that it, it won't eventually, but like, I, I, I'm just, I'm tired of, of every time he, he, like, he's been so good. And I just feel like I almost feel bad for how like I've approached it at least. And just been like, Oh, like he's been really good, but like everybody prepare. Cause eventually like, I feel like maybe it's been too much of that. Like who cares? Like he's, He's been awesome. This team has been in dire need of goaltending for years now. And this guy is like one of, if not the single biggest reason that the team has been as hot as they've been, uh, not only in the last seven games, but even dating back, you know, the last like month-ish, you know, when they went on their hot streak uh, before the new year as well. So like, I I just say we we ride the hot hand and... We just enjoy the fact that we have one of the hottest goalies in the NHL right now. Well, like the conversation evolves from, you know, will he regress to what does regression even look like? Because, I mean, I think in the back of our, my mind, at least because I'm a little bit cynical at heart, you, you feel like you look at his career statistics and you wonder, okay, at what point is he going to become that sub 900 goalie? You know, before last season, he was a career AHL tendy and but now he's playing so absurdly well on this hot streak. You wonder if you should even adjust the expectations for what regression might look like. Sure. So, okay, right now he's playing, he had a 941 game on the season. He's got like a 925 save percentage. Right. Is regression to the mean 906, 907? Right. That's still well above. We don't the know what we don't yeah. know. This is right. not only <laughs> uncharted territory for, for us and like people who, like anybody out there who like follows the game and is familiar with Lion before this year, this is uncharted for him and the coaching staff and everybody. Like no one, no one knows, which is why I, I I'm tired of like after every good game being like, oh yeah, like we'll see. like he he's a dog, he's awesome, and like I you know what I mean. Just continue riding it as they have. They they should continue doing. He looks so good. This wasn't just like oh, there wasn't any low danger shots. And like, no, he made a ton of incredible saves, oh, yeah. dude. Like he had, he had the one that was, uh, that was like, I guess it was circle to circle, um, tried to tuck it in and he got a pad on it. Uh, there was another one, unbelievable. I think it was Kachuk did like the between the legs pass right in front of the net, got, you know, redire- uh, repositioned his body and like hit him right in the chest. I mean, he had so many, fantastic saves in in this game and he has just been uh truly like the answer to this team's prayers this whole season. yes i mean scotty and, and you just mentioned it so obviously he had two phenomenal saves on bennett one in the first period and then the one in the third was when you were just referring to uh where matthew kachuk went between the legs out front uh he had a great save on montour who broke down in front of you know broke down towards the net and there's even more that i probably can't remember off the top of my head i mean mm-hmm. His there was ability, a breakaway that you know what I mean. Yeah. Like there was a breakaway save he had. Like yeah, man. The the ability that this team has, or I'm sorry, this ability that Alex Lyon has to read the puck is something that has been lacking in other goalies. I mean, obviously James Reimer's had 
his share of good games. He just had a good game against the Toronto Maple Leafs, for instance. The game against the, that game was phenomenal. We haven't seen a performance out of Reimer like that in, well, months basically, because Reimer hasn't been playing much because Lions basically taken the backup and now the starting role as uh, Huso became hurt. So it, other goalies can do it, but nobody has been reading the puck like Alex Lyon has. I mean, how many times have we gone on here where it feels like we've talked about how Reimer is reactionary, not, you know, you know, mm-hmm. uh, reading. Oh my gosh. Do you remember the conversations we used to have around Ned with his, yeah. like, like how much he would overbite on like everything to the sides and stuff. Yeah, man. He's just, he's reading the puck incredibly well. Scott, we got to get to a break. Uh, when we come back, I want to talk about the third line because you and I are both in agreement that this third line right now, Andrew cop continues to give us the middle finger. It's quite hilarious. In fact, but I love it. it benefits the Red Wings. So we don't care. We love, love it. it. Uh, so stay tuned to segment two of locked on Red Wings. Scotty, I know we came to talk about sports, but there is crazy realities in life. And one of those things is flu season. And according to the FDA, pharmacies are saying that it's one of the worst flu seasons in over a decade. And the flu sucks, man. And, uh, you know, you can maybe get yourself a little bit prepared by picking up yourself a Jace case. It is a a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. This stuff, it can happen to any of us. It can happen to any of us. I'm not even cutting that out. Uh, visit jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code LOCKDOWN to get $20 off your order. Segment two, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. I think it's one of those episodes where your brain's kind of like firing and also million miles an hour. And so I just butchered that line. Uh, Forgive me, Jace. I apologize. Uh, But you got a little fun. I think that's the first time people have ever heard like the noise I make when I flub a line. (laughs) Because you hear it when I flub a line and we cut it. Uh, It's It's true. Right. I'm not cutting it. I'm, I'm too high on the wings win to care about cutting mistakes today <laughs> because you know what? The red wings had to cut mistakes in this game two to win. There we go. That, it was a reach. It was a really uh, uh, <laughs> a big time reach. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the third line was really good today, Scotty. Dude, I, I mean, what, what was like one of the first things that uh, I said when we hopped up before we hit record here and just hopped in the studio? Like one of the first things that we talked about and that I said was I, I am blown away by how fantastic the Rasmussen, Cop, and Fisher line has been and continues to be. Uh, and it's not only the effectiveness that they are having to stifle out. Because I feel like early on in the season, right, when they were putting Cop and um, uh, Comfort together and, and whatnot, like they were trying to find like a defense line and it was just, it, it didn't work. And it was kind of a flawed idea to start with. And so having this this line of, of Fisher, Cop and Rasmussen kind of gives you that, right? Like it kind of gives, right? Like those are, Fisher's a PK specialist. Cop is a PK guy that, like, you got to play really good defense. Rasmussen is a big body that, you know, c- kind of has the the intangible ability to play, like, good uh, good on-pocket defense at least and, like, kind of be a bigger body in front of the net when you need it as well. 
like there are that line I, I think is is structured well to be a a like solid bottom six line and and I think that uh I I couldn't be happier for cop and honestly it's like so noticeable every game man like it's it's remarkable it is Every single night during this, you know, seven game stretch, however long they've been doing it now and put those three together, um, it, it is it is so painfully obvious how much better cop looks surrounded by those two for whatever reason and just how good that line looks in general. Yeah, so a secondary assist on the Michael Rasmussen goal, uh, primary assist to Olimata, you know, extends his point streak to five games. And, you know, one of our biggest criticisms of of Andrew Kopp was that his offense had just kind of fallen off a cliff. Had a three-goal you know? streak going into tonight. And, again, now a five-game point streak. So the biggest issue we had had coming into last week has, not to say five games is enough to say it's completely gone away, but it's it's correcting itself. He's yeah. The offense is coming back, and he's also simultaneously playing a much better defensive game and I think part of that has to do with the chemistry that he's found and also playing a slightly reduced role. Like he on that third line, they've kind of found that perfect niche. And Christian Fisher, Michael Rasmussen, I mean, you could sing the praises of every individual player on that line today. They were pretty much the sole reason that's, I'm sorry, that's hyperbole. They were the biggest reason on offense why the Red Wings won this hockey game. Alex Lyon was obviously reason number one, even though he only got the second star because Larkin scored the game winner. Um, but they were the only line. They were the only three players on this hockey team who had an expected goals for percentage at five on five in this game above 50%. Yeah. Uh, it was 55, I'm sorry, 60% for Andrew Kopp, 58% for Michael Rasmussen, and 50% for Christian Fisher. You know, you want to go to Corsi, which is just pure shot attempts, just raw shot attempts taken. They only gave up nine shot attempts in this game. That's wild. As a line. Now, granted, you know, Time on the ice has a factor in that too. For sure, yeah. You know, they only played about uh, 10 to 11 minutes of five on five ice time, but they're also the only three players on the team who had fewer than 10. Compare that to Kaleem Costin playing on the fourth line, and his line gave up when he was out there. Uh, the Red Wings gave up 16 shot attempts at five on five. Like they were a shut down line that was also really good at generating offense. I mean, obviously, you had the. Uh, Michael Rasmussen goal, and he has been coming alive, right? Beautiful redirection uh, on the Olimata shot. That was, uh, again, Andrew Kopp was the one who fed Olimata the pass. And Michael Rasmussen has been coming alive. He's the sixth player on the Red Wings to get to 10-plus goals. They have two more players on the cusp. Andrew Kopp, or I'm sorry, uh, David Perron has nine. Actually, in fact, I think Andrew Kopp now has nine as well. I think JT Comfer might. So it might be three players who have nine goals. And so you have the potential of having like 10 guys in this Detroit Red Wings squad score 10 plus goals. And that's exactly, and I'm getting into a broader topic here, but that's exactly what Steve Eisman did with this team this offseason. We had a whole episode talking about, you know, the four lines deep, right? We had an entire episode talking about the NHL playoffs and talking about the teams that went far were like the obviously the Knights and no one's comparing the wings to the Knights before I have to read yeah, about they have both top that. end talent and depth. right <laughs> before I have to read about that's what I said when that's not what I said that that's not what I'm doing um but uh but like the the not having one just guy get all of your points and and have like a thinner team and be top heavy really is my point versus you know being 
deeper that that's why they went out and they signed, you know, we say the stat all the time. They signed 11 free agents and traded for cat. Like that's why there was so much turnover after. Um, uh, Jeff, I will, I will not stand for this Jeff Petrie erasure. They traded for Petrie oh, too. True. That's yeah. You're totally right. You're totally right. Um, so yeah, like just so much turnover for a team that did take a step from the previous year to last year, but um, still had had a really really large amount of turnover and and a lot of depth added. And you know, it's nice to see the fruits of that of that labor, man. This offense uh, all year, just in terms that we talk about it all the time, just in terms of goals scored, just straight up, uh, has been one of the best teams in the NHL. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's been. It's been really nice, especially when it's clicking. And this is one of those games where you needed to click because their top line was shutting down, yeah. you know, the offense of our top line very, you know, very well. They still had their chances. Obviously, Perron missed a wide open net in the first period. Uh, Gostas Bear and well, Sprong playing. <laughs> Sprong got two second line minutes in this game. Sprong hit the the post as well. But like the first lines, the first two lines were shut down pretty well by a, a I'll say it, a superior top six. I don't think anyone can argue that of the Florida Panthers. And it was great to see them come out. Christian Fisher, obviously, that goal that Fabry scored would not have had happened, would not have happened if not for Christian Fisher diving to keep the play alive in the offensive zone. Then Michael Rasmussen with fantastic puck possession or puck protection coming around the net, feeding Fabry as he came off the bench and entered the zone. I mean, just yeah. that third line was fantastic. It was great. Fantastic. Us, Scotty, we got to go to another quick break when we return. Want to talk a little bit about defense? And special teams, just yes. hit the, just hit all. Special teams is a big one for sure. Mm-hmm. We'll hit all the bullet points in this episode. So stay tuned to segment three of Locked On Red Wings. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. It is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash locked on. Just go to Indeed.com slash locked on right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. But let's be honest, who hasn't heard of Indeed at this point? Indeed is like when they say they are the hiring platform, they are the hiring platform. I mean, I've personally used it myself Same. back when I was way back two seasons ago when I worked at the Little Caesars Arena team store as an assistant manager. I mean, that's where we got all our employees. It's just the, it is the fastest and easiest way to hire. So, but still shout us out that way, you know, helps us out. Uh, indeed.com slash lockdown terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Indeed you do. You proud of yourself? <laughs> Segment three, lock. Get the tick out of here. Segment three, lockdown Red Wings podcast. Scotty, defensively and specifically. Uh, so obviously the pairs have can kind of jank. Wolman's still out. So is Gostas Bear getting bumped up to the top pair with Moritz Sider. You're, I'm kind of always nervous whenever 
Wellman's not there because there's not really another bona fide top pair demon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought Cider and Gostas Bear played pretty well in this game. I thought Ghost was looked really solid, to be honest. Yeah, man. Um, what a absurd roughing penalty he got called for, by the way. Goodness gravy. Um, I know that they were talking about it on the broadcast, too. You know, at one point, there was just so much happening, so much extracurricular happening after the whistle that they were just picking people out of the crowd and slapping penalties so that both teams would kind of calm down. But, like, I know that he, like, had his arm around him when the bucket fell off. But, like, my goodness, man. Golly. Um, did, like, he was doing the least in that entire scrum. Uh, and yet, you know, still happened. Anyway, uh, yeah, I thought he was solid, though. I thought, I thought the- that uh, – that what? No, go ahead. Keep going. No, no, that was pretty much it. I, I, I thought he was solid. Um, I uh, We talked kind of a little bit, uh, whatever that was, two days ago maybe, about what they were going to do if Wallman was out. Um, and, and who was going to kind of be in that rotation up there. And I think kind of the, I don't want to say by default, but just the the path of least resistance as far as that went was for Ghost to be in the top pair. Uh, you're not going to split up Sherrod and Petrie. And uh, I don't think you want Oli Mata or Justin Hall playing first pair minutes. So, you know what I mean? Like pretty, pretty just like uh, – process of elimination you kind of land on ghost being in the top pair so uh i but i think he was he was solid and yeah obviously we all want wallman back but um i uh i I thought that yeah i I really didn't have any huge complaints yeah no i completely agree with you uh i thought cider was very effective in this game as well i mean this is a guy who led the red wings and uh or the defense at least it in time on the ice in this hockey game he had 22 point he had 22 minutes and 26 seconds. That's actually second on the team in total time on the ice next to Gostas Bear. Uh, but there you go. Cider led the team in even strength time on yeah. the ice. Uh, yet his when he was on the ice, the Red Wings only faced 18 shot again, shot attempts against that five on five. So he was incredibly effective all night long. Um, I have less good things to say about Sherratt and Petrie. I thought when they were out there, the and I thought the defense as a whole, including Sean Petrie, did a good job of limiting the scoring opportunities and the high danger scoring opportunities of the of the Florida Panthers. I thought the whole team did that all night long. This is a high powered offense, second in the league in Corsi four percentage. I think fourth in the league in expected goals four percentage, including the last ten games. They're high. They're they're dangerous. Red Wings held them to two goals. The yeah. defensive scheme as a whole was very very good, but Jeff Petrie. It uh, was out there for 32 five-on-five shot attempts against. And Ben Chirot was out there for 29 five-on-five shot attempts against, despite playing similar minutes to Cider and Gostas Bear. Now, again, I don't know what the deployments necessarily look like. I'm not looking at every single shift to see who they're matched up against. But I have to imagine the mat with Wallman out, the matchups were very similar, if not maybe favoring Chirot and Petrie in terms of difficulty. But I'm that's just me speculating. I don't actually know how the matchups looked in this game. I will say Jeff Petrie blocked nine shots in this hockey game. And there is something, and I will say this time and time again, if you're going to get caved in, in the defensive zone, block those shots. And he did a very nice job of that. And nine shots is crazy amount to have to block. And I won't, I, I don't want to talk bad about Sherratt and Petrie because I think overall, this over the stretch 
of last couple few games, couple few games, that's different numbers. Over the last few games, they've been solid defensive pairing. So I'll just say this. I respect the hell out of laying your body on the line. And it was enough to keep the Red Wings in this hockey game, especially with Alex Lyon playing as well as he was. Now the third pair, Ole Mata and Justin Hull, led the team in offensive zone faceoffs with seven. Well, because <laughs> they were firing that thing, man. Like I <laughs> clearly they had a uh clearly they had a uh a, a predetermined job to do. Ole Mata was, I mean, obviously, you know, the goal offensive was, dynamo was uh was was Ole Mata firing that thing in there with the with the Rasmussen redirect. But like, yeah, I that really like doesn't shock me just given what they did while they were on the ice. They they was constant either you're you know, gripping and ripping and putting that thing on net, or you're getting it low at least so that somebody else can. Uh, that was constant, just Olimana, especially, but both of them really just consistent. Um, again, if it wasn't like a shot on net, it was at least something to get get the puck deep. Uh, they, they both of them, I, I thought that pair did a good job of that uh, on the ice time they saw. So I don't know if that that must have been like a game plan. Somebody uh, saw something going into the game, um, and it ended up working. It got him a goal. So. Not not to be, again, internally cynical. Part of me maybe believes that they're getting this many offensive zones because neither of these guys are offensive defensemen, only Mata especially not. Like, he is the definition of de- depth defensive defenseman. Yeah, I yeah, would imagine I, part of their offensive zone deployment is an aversion to putting them in the defensive correct. zone. Yeah, against you're, you're four other guys you'd rather put in the defensive zone, for sure, 100%. But they played um, really well in the role that they were given. Yeah, but I, I do give them credit for being the offensive zone faceoff guys <laughs> and doing well in those opportunities. So, I mean, uh, yeah, man, a solid, solid night for them. Ole Mata had two assists in this game. Justin Hall made his presence felt. Uh, Justin Hall had a Corsi 4 percentage of 62% uh, percent in 14 minutes at 5-on-5. Five five. Ole Mata with 15 and a half out of 56. You know, 18 shot attempts, 4 in there on the ice, 11 and 13 against. So, you know, while they were given fit favorable matchups and favorable uh, zone starts, they made the most of it, and they helped the Red Wings go to victory. And I mean, that there, there's something to be said too about you know we've been critical of Lalone's system or how it wasn't clicking when the Red Wings were spiraling. I mean, this was very much another game where Lalone knew his opponent, knew had a game plan, and the Red Wings I thought executed it very well. Like yeah. you don't you don't get these deployments by accident. You have to manage the game very well and manage your matchups to get this kind of result against, let's face it, a superior Panthers team. Like I would be, I'm not going to say it can't happen, but the chances of the Red Wings catching up to the Panthers in the standings is very slim. They came in with a nine point differential with 40 games left. Like, yeah, there's room to make that up. That's with nine points is a wider gap than you would expect. So that is a really, I just credit to alone too, for having the boys prepared and having the team prepared and knowing the matchups and knowing wh- who to deploy when, I thought he did a fantastic job in that. Yeah, no, I I completely agree. I thought this was kind of the the definition of a uh, uh, of a of a well executed game plan. This was very clearly like not how the wings are going to look deployment wise, line wise. Yeah, probably pretty relatively similar, but especially like with Wallman out and whatnot. Um, I thought that there was a pretty clear game plan here and they executed it really well well and that's something to be said too right like you're out one of your best forwards in patrick kane and you're out one of your best defenders in jake wallman against a really good team and the red wings are still able to show up and look ready to play yeah you were outshot yes periods two and three you were you know dominated in the shot attempts 
and dominating the expected goals for category. But I never felt watching this game that the Red Wings were out of it. I felt very much that the Red Wings were just as much in this game as they were against the Maple Leafs and the LA Kings. It felt like, and that's a good feeling to have that this game is up. It's a coin toss. And it really was. It came down to an overtime goal scored by Dylan Larkin. And there's our segue to talk about it. It was a beauty, man. It was a beauty. Uh, He, uh, I don't know. That's, uh, that's what captains do, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's who you want to lean on in that moment. That's who you're supposed to lean on in that moment. And that's who's supposed to come through in that moment. And uh, he certainly did. And just the, the bench's reaction, man. I just, I, I really, I love this team. It's one of those things, right? And we talked about it. We talked about it when, we talked about it when the Red Wings won that first game over, what is it, the Sharks back at the turn of the new year, right? You win this game. It was a grinded out. It was an ugly win, but you got the win. Now you move on to L.A., and can you steal a game there? It's a team that's not been playing super hot lately. Can you take advantage? They did. So that momentum continues to build. Next thing you know, you beat Anaheim. You come home. You survive thanks to Alex Lyon. You get a point. Then you beat LA. The the ball, the momentum continues to roll and get bigger. The team's reaction on the bench gets bigger every time. They believe in themselves more and more each given game. And eventually, it's going to snap, right? We've seen it. The team's had hot streaks and they've had cold streaks. This team, this hot streak comes right at the end of a massive cold streak, a horrible December that saw them out of the playoff picture. Now they're back third in the Atlantic because they're hot again. But these hot streaks are so important because what creates the hot streaks is the locker room believing in themselves and believing in the system that the coach is implementing. And each consecutive win, each consecutive point is only going to serve to build that bigger, hopefully resulting in a playoff berth at the end of the season. Well, and it's all it's all adjustments, right? I, I mean, like we when they got off to the really hot start right when the season started – it was uh, it was the the Raymond Larkin Debrinket line was firing on all cylinders, and they had like the most unsustainable shot percentage ever. And then they cooled down, and they had to make some adjustments. And then they got hot again, and there was some decent goalie play. And they come back from Europe, which they struggled in, like leading up to that. And they go on a little bit of a hot streak, and, and they do you know pretty well. And they they find some more depth scoring. And then they struggle a little bit and they have to make adjustments and that you're right. Like it's all just, it's cons. It's a long season, man. It's, it's, you know, pretty much end of summer to start of summer, right? Like it's, it's a, it's a long season. It's a long year. There's a lot of time. And uh, for as much as we're talking about, you know, how we liked the game plan against Florida tonight, there's 31 other teams that are trying to game plan against you at all times. And like, that's just what comes with the territory of a long season. And so, um, yeah, like then, you know, you're going to get hot and then eventually teams will do something and quote unquote, figure out, uh, you know, how you you've been on a heater and, and you'll have to make another adjustment. And the whole thing is just preparing you for then the postseason where, you know, what works, you know, what doesn't, and you can implement whatever you think works on that, that night. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of continuing to find different ways to win. It, it also, well, we'll end the show without, we started the show really easy to win when you, uh, when you have an animal in net. Yes. Um, that would be a great way to end the show, but I have to also add special teams continues to be really good. Oh yeah. Penalty kill was great tonight. I thought stellar. 
two for two. Um, outside that weird game against LA where they scored allowed three against. Right. If you go by game, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they've only allowed it in one game in the last whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, obviously the shorthanded goal the Red Wings allowed was pretty tough to watch. But yeah, that was when, brutal. When they needed a power play goal the most. They came through with a four-on-three power play goal in overtime, Dylan Larkins. I I have more to say about Dylan Larkin. I actually don't think that he had that great of a game. Um, It felt like every time he touched the puck, he turned it over. They have him. Yeah, he had a couple of bad turnovers in the second, for sure. ESPN has him listed with four giveaways in this game. It's hard to... I hate the giveaway stat. It's hard to say what's a giveaway, what's a takeaway, but this is one of those games where it does feel like it it was pretty accurate. Obviously, (laughs) the one giveaway he had led to the second goal against, I believe, uh, at the blue line, it was yeah, that. He was, like, was that the power? Pl- the shorthanded. That was the shorty. That was the shorty. That yeah. he. It was like yeah. He like very was visibly uh, upset about it. Yeah. But I'm not going to bash the guy who scored the game winner, and also bash the guy who's consistently been the consistently been the most consistent player on the team. Yeah. So he had a rough game, made up for it in the end, and the Red Wings ride a seven game point streak, heading into Carolina on Friday. So. Scotty, any final thoughts? We ball, baby. We do ball. We'll be back with a new episode tomorrow. Stay tuned for that. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Every day. Every day.